on dispensers of pets, going out in the cars, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts, you might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch, turn to the letter F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary, take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy, damn it Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. For us, it's Wednesday, January 24th, 2007, and this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Woo! Woo! This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and thank you, because that cheer was almost as good as the one that President Bush got last night. So, uh, yes. Golf clap. Golf clap. Woo! We're going to stand every time you say something really exciting. Somebody was hooting and hollering through that, and I I didn't understand that. That disrespects the presidency. But but before you go, did you see when, what was his name, Matumbo, stood next to... uh, Laura Bush, the basketball player. No. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And the person giggling over Matumbo is, of course, <laughs> say your name. Uh, hello, uh, the <laughs> jury. My name is Lon Lopez from moronlife.com and flamboyplanet.com. Excellent. Yes, the slow merging. And uh, <laughs> we have Macumbo or Matumbo, <laughs> whatever. And we have our uh, sound engineer and commentator, without whom none of this would be possible. I'm Rick Snyder, and I, that's the, my name to the best of my recollection, Senator. Thank you. No further questions, Your Honor. Thank you. All right, we'll be talking constitutional matters later. Uh, later on in the podcast, Mr. Andy Mead will be the store owner of Fanboy Planet. Dot comics will be joining us, but he's actually uh, got customers. He's at the register. It's not that he's got customers. That's not the surprise. It's that Place he's actually booming. at the register. Uh, so that's good. Andy's working the register tonight. Wait, did you say fanboyplanet.comics? That's the only place I buy my comics. And I wish I could remember the phone number. Hey, what's the phone number? 985, area code 408-985-7481. I actually have it written down because I had to tell, I had to give that to someone. Uh, and there we are at uh, and there we are. 25 El Camino Real Santa Clara. in Santa Clara, California. The hidden comic book store, lovingly nestled between a kebab place and Juicy Burger. It's the comic book speakeasy. Mm-hmm. It's Shangri-La. Mm-hmm. And the code word this week is 52. So there you Next go. Next week's is going to be Mutombo. Because, because, of course, later on in the podcast tonight, uh, speaking of 52, we will have Keith Champagne, a special guest, calling in. Keith's going to call in and talk about uh, being tapped to, to write World War III. A, he's writing two out of four issues in, in week 50 of 52, explaining a huge world's-spanning crisis. So he's the guy responsible for World War III? Uh, I think ultimately a when... Kind of like Miles Dan- Standish from Ter- Terminator 2, or what was that? Miles Standish. Miles Standish? I don't <laughs> Miles Danish, what was his name? <laughs> From here too, anybody? Speak for yourself, John Alden. Uh, <laughs> so Miles Danish. I don't know. <laughs> okay, you get back to us okay, with that. Okay, with the college. It's, it's the I'll death check of my the, Netflix. It's Sorry. the death of the cool. Oh, so <laughs> Miles Danish. Ow. Anyway. Uh, Dyson. Miles Dyson. Dyson. There, okay, there we go. There we Sorry. go. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger coming up to a guy in a pilgrim hat. Uh, but I should also mention that Newsarama broke a story last week on 52. Last week, DC, all DC books featured a code. 
At, in the back. Oh, and that's Newsarama, right. Newsarama cracked it. Whoa. So, oh. so they printed it. They pro- published a secret. Dan DiDio or some editor, the editor for two, confirmed that this was correct, which is really Be sure no to s- drink your Ovaltine? It did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, what a ripoff. <laughs> uh, but a secret that those are, you know, we've been talking about, It's no surpri- it will come as no surprise to you guys. The secret is that uh, the the multiverse still exists. So if you take the third, uh, it's take every third word and the first letter of every third word. It was based down. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. The secret is the multiverse still exists. So I called Andy on Friday and said, "There's this, there's the, there's the codes cracked." And he said, but we knew that. Welcome to the Which microphones, Andy yes. Mead. But, but uh, strangely enough, I had a guy decoding it here in the store this morning, and if you don't separate the the from the multiverse, it sort of looks like the helmet verse. <laughs> Doctor Fate, the helmet of fate is the, the key to it all. He had clearly had it said, um, "Helmet verse still exists," and he says, "What's the helmet verse?" And I said, "Dude, it's it. You got to separate the T H E here before you get the multiverse." Mm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. But let us uh, veer away from DC and Marvel just to, to really get into the meat of things because uh, it's nice to talk to about a smaller publish, publishing company. We've got Zeniscope, which has uh, certainly gotten a couple of licenses that I wouldn't necessarily consider high, high profile or that I was ever looking for the comic books, but it has some popularity. Final Destination and Seven. They're doing a prequel to Seven, explaining Seven issue explanation of each. Not a prequel. I thought it was just John Doe is the killer. It says they advertise everything no. online, saying it's a it's a prequel. It's actually the movie from the killer's point of view oh. as he's killing those people. Okay. Which take those people were killed. It doesn't take place before the movie. Okay. Okay. So it's so it's oh, from so we'll John actually Doe's get to see him lop off Gwyneth Paltrow's head then, or I'm oh. thinking when you get to the last issue. Probably Great. So, hey, uh, Steve, put that in my box, would you? Thank okay. you. All right. I'll wait for the trade. But she's going to be okay for pe- Pepper Potts, too, oh, okay. no matter yeah. what you do. Just checking. Okay, so they've done those, but what they, I think they've probably gotten the highest profile among comic book fans. I don't know how the seven books are selling. Is it a case of, are you getting people coming in and saying, give me the seven books? No. <laughs> okay, I don't know why you pointed. But uh, there you go. So... Uh, it said they've got a higher profile with the uh, Grim Fairy Tales, which have been sort of rewriting Grim Fairy Tales with morale, a, a moral point of view, but with very salacious covers. And in fact, if you go to their website, there's a contest you can vote. Well, how does this differ? I'm sorry, finish your thought. No, you can, well, you can vote for the photograph that they will turn into a cover later uh-huh. of women in uh, somewhat scantily, scanty clothing. Uh, becoming and, and Rick is going for it right now. Uh, going for it, uh, so to speak. So to speak. I think you have the three bears issue. That's Goldilocks in thigh highs. Um, yeah, and she's got the uh, and there's the a bear star high heel shoe platform. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they uh, apparently at the Comic Con they do have models going around walking around this. And I'm really angry with Lon. Uh, yeah, you don't know this, but I've, I've secretly harbored this anger for yes. six months that we never ran into them. We never, I never found knew the Zenoscope. And, and uh, uh, Jeff Berman, who f- did some photography for us at Comic-Con, he snapped one of them is Snow White. He didn't know who it was. And I, and I recognized it. I was like, my gosh, that's the grim fairy tale version of Snow White. Somebody's doing that costume? No, they're hiring models. But they're mm. also launching Return to Wonderland. Same theory. This Al Rio is the is cover that the, artist. the... 
It's a dark Wonderland uh, sequel, the gr- daughter or granddaughter of Alice Liddell, who oh. is the historical, actual Alice that Charles Litwich Dawson. I thought you were talking about the John Holmes movie they put out a couple years ago. <laughs> that Wonderland Wilmer. with Val Kilmer. Wasn't that Return yeah. to Wonderland? That was or? Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's okay. Um, there was it's a not more, like John Holmes. There was, either way, we're, we're uh, definitely sullying the image of Wonderland with this. Uh, they say there's going to be the Cthulhu mythos will be involved. So wow. uh, probably, you know, another yeah, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. I'm kind of excited about that. It, it actually sounds interesting, but but the thing that, that is most interesting to, to me is, again, that idea that we've got like four or five different Wonderland books out, none of them involving John Holmes, but there's a there's a manga version of Alice Wonderland going on. There's the a Hatter hentai. M. There's a hentai version. There's ha- Hatter M. The, the Looking uh, Glass Chronicles. Looking Glass. Oh, the Looking Glass Wars. That's what which it was. is just a book. Uh, it is a novel, book, but, but there will yeah, be miniseries upon miniseries of yeah. Hatter M. At least is the way they've got it planned. And you know, are we just, so? What's our thoughts on this? Well, that's the question. Is like all these public domain things, and we're and, and nobody's doing it like innocent. It's always like this. Suddenly, we can't wait to befoul this beloved right. children's memory. Yeah, can you can you do it more innocent? Can you take it the other way? So it's like, oh, nobody gets hurt. Nobody nobody's gets scared. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, because the one thing the the one that I probably enjoy the most is the one that Disney actually is endorsing. Slave labor graphics has uh, Wonderland. Uh, with uh, Marianne, who is the character that uh, is never shown in the movie, but that the White Rabbit always is mistaking Alice for. So Marianne is wandering around in Wonderland, and it's uh, it's kind of an interesting. Wasn't Wonderland? Oh, I don't re- remember the the literary work, but wasn't it always just a excuse for people to like take opium and trip out to or something? No, or no, wasn't? no. It was it was actually there. There was a lot of political. Uh, there was I a thought lot it was a weird stuff, trippy stuff. book. It is a weird trippy book, but yeah. it's political and mathematical, and it's yeah. very clever. But it's Dodson was a pretty brilliant man. He put a lot of stuff in there. I have an annotated version of it. Now, um, these people that are doing the reimaginings and stuff, are they they reimagining the original book, or do you think everybody just assumes, oh, the old Disney version, Alice no, in I Wonderland? Think, I think, unlike Oz, I would say that there's probably a lot of people that know Oz strictly by the MGM film, mm. and that's yeah. their vision of it. But I do think with Alice in Wonderland, that is one... Where the Wizard of Oz has kind of gone out of publication, out of print, I don't think Alice in Wonderland ever does. Hmm. You know, now was it always? I thought it's through the Looking Glass, isn't it? It's or both. There's two. Oh, there's Alice, uh, it's actually Alice's Adventures in Wonderland yeah. and through, through the, the Looking, Looking Glass. Glass. Okay. So people may have merged incidents because I think both, uh, well, both movies, the several thousand Alice in Wonderland movies. No, the at least eight or nine. Uh, Decent Alice in Wonderland adaptations, but they take incidents from both and merge it together. I see. So. Now, you, the, the the MGM movie, the original one, is very visually uh, disturbing. Uh, the graphics of the the one with Cary Grant. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one. There's one with the Walrus and the Carpenter, and that I still remember that from childhood imagery. Maybe pre the live action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the last there's attempt like, at a Wonderland thing? Was there no, was there a live action movie recently or no? Uh, there's a couple. There has been like a, the BBC's adapted it a couple of times. Did Sci-Fi do one or something? Or we had the Johnny Depp movie. Was it Johnny no, that Depp was uh, Neverland. Neverland. Yeah, that was Neverland. Uh, but there there was a Wonderland. Movie, there Neverland. was a movie about a, an uh, octogenarian Alice uh, coming to grips with having been the inspiration for Charles L- and the Muppet Labs, the Jim Henson Creature Company. Uh, did the 
the Wonderland characters as she kind of like would get young and one I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was kind of an interesting. Finding Wonderland. No, that oh, wasn't okay. It. Sorry. Uh, and then of course it was the John Holmes version. Special Finn. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, you know, so that's coming. Return to Wonderland. Can I just say that yeah, uh, to for my opinion on these things? Um, uh, it's easy. It's too easy to get a, to a known property and then do a reimagining. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of hacky. Well, that's it, my opinion. It seems easy from you know our perspective as a creator, perhaps. But I wonder if there's not some if there's some comfort as a reader. And I don't think that you know, as Rick mentioned well, earlier, being very accessible a, a, too. Off the air, being an English major, and uh, <laughs> and it, obviously I'm an English major as an English teacher. That we were probably looking at things in a more you know, really going for the meaning and so forth. But yeah, if if it's a story that people know, it's the theory why they do all these television remakes for for the big screen. Because and I know this works. I I, I have seen people say that. You know, I've seen people say that. I've heard people tell me that. Say like we went to the movies the only time out of the whole year we had, and. Uh, we didn't know so any we movie, so we saw something. Charlie's Angels yeah. because we knew the title. Yeah. We regretted it, but we knew the title, so yeah. they got our money. We're like, ah, you know, Thank next time God just call me. I'll tell you what you want to see. Children of Men thing. I had no idea what that Absolute. was about. Yeah. Oh, God, how dodge that bullet. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't see a, a quality film. Uh, <laughs> but it, so it may be – because I don't think it's all, it's all hacky. I mean, because there are things that are uh, – but it's well, hard. These are very, be, oh, ahead, they're yeah. very strange uh, stories. I mean, they're they're full of crazy archetypes and and characters. And I, I always go back to the Walrus and the Carpenter, which is at that's its a heart, disturbing a, story, it's a cannibalistic story. Even they, in the they, uh, in the Alice in, in the movie, the Disney movie, yeah, Walrus and the Carpenter are included in that. And that is just, I mean, talk about that's a movie that has no plot yeah. because it's just going from incident to incident. That's a drug-induced movie. I don't think it's drug induced, or but it drug, certainly induced yeah. many to take drugs, <laughs> which is true. Historically, it, it bombed the first time around, and then it, when it came out in the '60s, and people started, you know, there's a famous post. They totally did this day glow poster for yeah, it yeah, Disney, yeah. and it's just like totally, you know, go ahead. I totally hear like Doors uh, piano in the background, and then of course go ask Alice, you know, right, right, Jefferson Starship, were they Starship? No, they were airplane. They were airplane then. Yeah, we built this city, a starship, and don't you forget it. No, no, there was, there, okay. there's Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson no, Starship. No, no, I'm saying then. Starship right, did, right, right. I, we built this city. There's a airplane was, yeah, come on. Yeah. All right. Come All on. Right. But I, I like we built this city. Um, yeah, I like the John Holmes version the best. Okay. You've said that. Okay. Okay, many times. Uh, John and then, Holmes. And then probably another piece of breaking news today is that uh, a series we talked about early, uh, in podcast past, The Boys, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, really hyperventilating, uh, hyperventilating, uh, sure, hyperventilating, hyperviolent book. I needed a brown bag. That Garth Ennis uh, said was going to out-preach your preacher, and that became DC's uh, selling point on it. Uh, and apparently selling okay, but uh, storyline developing nicely. I mean, better than it started. It's it has been in the top one hundred in Diamond. It's, it's like I think they said the the sales have been about twenty seven thousand, which is pretty good uh, in today's market. It's it's not bad, but apparently too out preaching for DC's taste, and they have canceled uh, the boys. Uh, with number six, which has been on the stands. Next week, the boys number seven was solicited, supposed to come out. It's on the diamond list, which I did update on Fanboy Planet and saw it there. But it's not coming. Hmm. It's not coming. And they've given the rights, uh, allegedly at this point, it's kind of a late-breaking story, that they've given the rights back to Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, let them shopping around. 
This is not the first time that DC's done that because obviously Peter David took Fallen Angel, which was not selling all that well for DC, and took it to a more boutique printer, such as I think it's now at IDW. There's a new issue this week. Of Fallen Angel? Yeah. There you go. So, quality book that found new life as an independent. It was too independent in feel, apparently, for DC. But uh, either of you guys following along with the boys? Uh, I've read them all. And what what have you thought? It's been developing for me. The the main characters are uh, motivated properly, and I thought they were about to take off and do something interesting, but apparently not. Apparently not. (laughs) Well, I I say let's hear it for the boys. There you go. And (laughs) haven't you done that? Bad joke. I, I do it times. all the time, probably. I don't yeah, know. And, and we just keep John letting Holmes. it go. Keep letting it go. Shut up. <laughs> Speaking of John Holmes, uh, let's talk about uh, internet controversy this week. Oh, Ooh, good segue. Which is, shut up. Stop mentioning it. No, just, I was just, worried because I was afraid for a second that you were segueing, segueing to Keith. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith is a handsome man. Um, I, he's virile, I'm sure. He's huge. Got, huge. Uh, he works out. <laughs> But what I was really going to say was there had been controversy this week where apparently someone is freeze-framed, and uh, and Rick so kindly, you listening can't see this, but so kindly printed out so we could all compare and decide, uh, is taking a frame from the Rise of the Silver Surfer trailer, and all we can say is... It's the scene where he's going through the tunnel. Apparently, quote that movie... Apparently, Norrin Rad has silver balls, <laughs> silver balls. Hear them ring. No. <laughs> yeah, ding-a-ling. I don't think it's so much the berries as the twig. Soon Galactus will be on his way. Yes. Uh, at least one frame, it appears that the shorts that Jack Kirby always drew Silver Surfer wearing... Uh, are not there, and the Silver Surfer is no Ken doll. Really likes that tunnel. It really likes that tunnel. Silver Surfer's got nards, is what they're trying to say, pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank that, you. And I don't think people were getting that. I think we were too subtle. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, so you can find that on almost <laughs> any website, but <laughs> any not website, Fanboy Planet, because, you know, just in case there are any, you know, boy fanboys, you know, I'm not going to unduly oh yeah i am but okay so i just i just didn't have time to clip it this week so yeah like kids can't find this stuff yeah do a better job than they can wow andy's very busy tonight he's he's breaking a sweat i can he is breaking a sweat he's back hello hello andy hello how how do you feel about the silver surfers package yeah i wasn't impressed (laughs) (laughs) he's seen better oh well and the silver surfer is shamed (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of shames in Marvel Universe, how about that Ghost Rider movie that uh, Lon's been picking up some buzz on the internet? Well, I just, I, every buzz I'm hearing about is everybody is just bashing it without even seeing Everybody's just like, oh, the trailer's like lame, movie like stupid. The, the trailer is lame. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I do like the line where Nick Cage comes back and says, "My head, I feel like my head's on fire or something. It's, I'm just looking at it from a fanboy point of view. There's going to yeah. be a Ghost Rider movie. How cool is that? I mean, There was a Nick Fury movie, too. Uh, it was a television movie. With the Hawk. Uh, with uh, Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. And it was fantastic. And Lisa Rinna as the Baroness or the Countess or something. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You don't count TV movies. I, Those don't count. They don't count them, no. Right. That was a, that, yeah. I taped that and didn't watch it. I watched uh, it. I didn't mind it, but, you know, that's just I, me. I have to go back and help customers again. Very good. Just real quick. Bragger. Um, I think the Xenoscope art on Grim Fairy Tales, while the covers are nice, the interior art isn't any good. Um, I've... Boys was getting generally better, but yeah, it's probably too much for DC to publish. Um, 
That's about where we were. That's about where we were. We got, we got that. And that was Andy's 30-second catch-up. I, I would just agree. The, the art inside uh, Grim Fairy Tales, by the way, I actually have, have liked. It's just, it's just nowhere near what those covers are promising. Substandard. Yeah, I think the scene where the bear squeezes the guy and his intestines yeah. are coming and, and out. And certainly, no, cool. uh, certainly better than that. What was that uh, Blackbeard Legacy? Oh, yeah, that, uh, that, that was, was horrible. horrible. Uh. Where I wanted to, you know. Oh, and, and the Ghost Rider trailer is just horrid. But, and, and the truth of the matter is, and this is the film critics thing, if if Marvel, or I should say Marvel, Fox, I think, is who's producing. No, Sony. Sony has Ghost Rider. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't even care anymore. Uh, wh- whichever studio has it, if they really had faith in it, they wouldn't be releasing in the middle of February. They're releasing in the middle of February because they're hoping that guys like you will go cool and 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 hoping that you have a date and you bring her and she goes cool, and and then, because there's nothing else to see, it's a dead time for fans. So and, and it's the Daredevil theory, and it worked for Daredevil. Say what you will about that as a film, and we I know it's you know no yeah, but but if it worked for Daredevil, this is from the director of Daredevil, so right. maybe they're just not they don't have they didn't lose faith in the film. Maybe they're just going hey. We we got something that works here. Putting a super movie, a superhero movie out at that time, could work. Yeah, Daredevil's one of those films that it's it's one of those it's the rare person. I think you'd find more people to say they liked the Hulk than than actually like Daredevil. Now, but and then you talk to them, and like you and I have had that conversation. We've mm-hmm. gone and had nachos and sat over a you know dim <laughs> dimly lit table and said, I kind of like Daredevil. You know, it was, you know, it, it was okay. I like yeah. Daredevil a lot better than the Hulk because he got banged up. It was much more of a real movie to me than the yeah, Hulk was yeah, at all. Dumb. Uh, it was dumb, but I didn't, you gave me the choice. So was right? the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, I gave you the <laughs> choice. I, so, that's the thing. Is Ghost Rider? There, there you are. Uh, yeah, I, is, 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 I just think as fanboys. Well, the thing is, we should be more excited. I'm not saying I won't be there. It's no. like it's like Epic Movie. I will be there this weekend. Oh, I will be so, so sorry. Sorry, but I'm but, there too. But the thing is, Crispin Glover is Willy Wonka. I gotta see that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and why did you shoot me in the eye? I uh, mean, that just—it's yeah. stupid, and it made me laugh. So I gotta, you know, I gotta see that. Uh, maybe, maybe Lon and I will sit in the dark together. Hey, yes. Michelle, how's that for homo, homo got, erotic? And if you guys are crying at the end. oh. Speaking of that, man, I got Weepy the, I got the Brokeback Mountain Collector's Edition DVD oh. to review this week. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. Oh, and it comes with souvenir postcards. No, you didn't. And I'm going to do this like a prank to someone. Because oh, you, you send the postcard. The first postcard is like the mountain. And I'm sure it's a good movie. I haven't actually seen the movie yet. And I'm sure it's a good movie. I mean, I'm really, please, you know, we may tease about this, but obviously... Like I'm in theater. I, I got, I've got the homophobia. Movie. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I, I mean, be, but one it's of the just best funny. movies I saw that year. I don't understand. It's like having trading cards. Why would you have trading cards of this? So the first one is a shot. Oh, of they're the, postcards. Yeah, they're postcards. So, so you're right. Thinking of you. Right. <laughs> of the mountain. Oh, I'm totally going to do this to a guy at work. And <laughs> be very careful. Thinking of you. And then it's like, and then one sort of like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal with um, the girl from Princess Diaries. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And Hathaway, and, and then it's like okay, Who and then there's like the two of them. And okay, I'm watching it then, and the two of them, are, you know, then so it's them just dancing and stuff. And then there's the Jake Gyllenhaal weeping in his car in his truck as if he were Lon Lopez, and <laughs> why can't or, I quit you? Or yeah, exactly. And then there's like you know the iconic apparently image of Heath Ledger sniffing his shirt and all these things, and it's like it just gets more, it just gets worse and worse. And I think I may have it in the car. I'll bring those in to show you. And I, because I think you got to start off with a mountain and leave that. Buy this is a great practical joke. 
uh, buy this. It's in the first postcard. Was just scenery. I'm thinking of you. I saw this shot. It was great. And then. Why haven't you called me? <laughs> Why can't I quit you? It just gets worse and worse and worse. I, I'm really looking forward oh, to pulling this on somebody. Wow. Uh, I'm but, reminded of the premium edition of Showgirls. <laughs> I wanted that one, too. Um, so perhaps this is a good time to mention. <laughs> we mentioned Keith Champagne's going to call in tonight. Speaking of Showgirls. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and let our sound engineer do something wacky with the soundtrack. And then when we come back, we'll be talking to Keith Champagne. We are now going to, we have a guest already on the line, Mr. Keith Champagne, whose profile shot up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so... Uh, I guess we're the second podcast you've done today. Did you tell me you were on with DC earlier today? Yeah, it wasn't a podcast per se. It was a conference involved. They do a news conference. They do a news conference, which Fanboy Planet is inexplicably not invited in on. That's okay. It's reused for a podcast. What? I told them to call you. I don't know why they didn't. It's all right, man. It's all right because, you know, we have you here now with us, and and that makes it feel a lot more intimate. So. As I look over, there's a you know, Newsarama did some art today, uh, talking. Uh, did some preview stuff for fifty two uh, for World War Three. So if I have this correctly, and, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, uh, you are responsible for explaining in six pages or less what's happened to Black Adam, Supergirl, Aquaman, and Batgirl. Uh, six pages from that. What? Not, not in six pages. Well, no, I mean, but, uh, you know, in your two books. How many pages is each book? I can't remember. There are 35 different comics. Each comic, you know, uh, basically tells the gap for characters and the crisis and one leader. A lot of the stuff that we're doing is that design the questions that, um, you know, that they didn't have room for in the two. Right. Right. So, uh, so, but those are the, the, I'd say probably the biggest characters that you'll be responsible for explaining how they got to where they are one year later. Um, let me think. I took care of. I worked a lot with Black Adam, with Supergirl, with Firestorm, uh, Aquaman. Those were probably the big ones. And then smaller characters like Father Time, that I handled. Uh, okay. Jason Todd Nightwing. Oh, the Jason Todd Nightwing thing. You're going to explain that. Yeah. Will we be satisfied with your explanation? I hope so. <laughs> so the big question we were talking about World War III last week on our podcast was, how can we explain an entire world war in, if it's taking place in week 50 in just uh, in just one week? Well, you got to read the book. But it makes sense after you read the book to understand why world war will only last. Is it a metaphor? Lon asks, is, is it a metaphor or is it really a world war? Uh, it's a war that ranges around the entire world, so I see it's a world war. Okay. I can't is say it who's a... fighting who or who the war is with. But... Right, you can't explain that right now. And yet, I, I think the other question that would come out of that is, if we just had a world war, are we, are we missing, uh, are we thinking incorrectly about when one year later started? It seems to us that nobody actually mentioned that. Do you have an explanation for why that would be? Uh, I think they didn't want to put their hands in the moon and, and reveal what's coming up in 52, but I still think that early. Okay, so two years later, people will be able to reference it. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, is this the kind of world war where the DC heroes will be fighting each other? Let me uh, let me hand the phone over to Lon Lopez here. Yes, no, ask the question yourself, man. Yes. Hi, Keith. My question is, is this the world war that's going to have the DC heroes fight each other? Uh, no. Okay, just wanted to clarify. Here's Derek. <laughs> is, is it a, so high tech. a single world war, or is it multiple worlds? Oh, that's the other question. Yes, is this a single world war, or is it multiple worlds? No comment. Damn it! Oh. We thought we had you back. Okay, slip that in the third question and you relax. I was going to try. I thought, okay, dang it. Uh, so, his reaction to handling this? Yeah. Well, there we go. You know, you know. Obviously, I've touted you, and and we have on Fanboy Planet for a while. You know, it, it's nice to see your profile up there. Well, how was your reaction when they handed you this assignment? Did they just call, or Peter Tomasi called up and said, Keith, you're coming. You're you're, you're going to write World War Three? Uh. More or less, I mean, you know, he's changing the whole I've been waiting for a while to get a shot in in terms of writing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not the ideal situation that I was looking for. But it's turned out to be a lot of fun. And uh, I seem like I've been in sync with the assignment. Everything that I've done is that, you know, through the first draft. So I feel like I've done a good job. I finished up my contribution last week. Yeah, so are you done writing the whole thing right now? So you know all the answers that you can't tell us? Yeah, I'm done with everything. It's all done. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know, I hate that. It's like, oh, damn it, he knows the secret. <laughs> all right, Andy has a question. Oh, you can ask it. Okay, Andy's going to just tell me. So when we first met him, two, what, two and a half years ago? Yeah, um, at Comic-Con a couple of years he was, ago. I think he was inking JSA or drawing JSA. Inking JSA, I think when we had lunch at uh, that Comic-Con, you were inking JSA, and you'd gotten the assignment to write that three-issue one, right? And drawing naked women for the wall. Yeah, I think that was. I think I had wall. probably written three issues at that point. They weren't yeah. out for a few more months. So, Sadly, yeah. all Andy really remembers is you drew a naked woman on her placemat. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no. And so, in two and a half years, he, he's gone from just some minor guy writing World War Three is huge, right? Um, how does he feel about that whole... I'm sure he meant minor guy in the best <laughs> well, possible way. An inker isn't, isn't considered uh, that important on the creative you know, So it's definitely a big step up from increasing pictures every day. Books live and die by the inker. Uh, well, yeah, we, we would argue that. Uh, yeah, that, uh, certainly you know, there have been moves in the past couple of years where both DC and Marvel have... Uh, reproduced directly from pencils, and I think as a result, fans are starting to really see how important an inker can be. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you talked about a couple weeks ago when I when I interviewed you, just mentioning like you know the fit of you over John Byrne's pencils. The look of Keith Champagne inking John Byrne is a different look than Terry Austin or Joseph Rubenstein or any. You know, I mean, you've got there's definitely a style that you apply, right? Yeah. Well, every inker has their own sensibility and you know, their own. And yet, you clearly want to move over into into writing, and uh, so this is back to the heart of Andy's question. Which yeah. is, you know, now at, when this is done, when the, when he finishes up this project, he's not just going to be the guy that was inking JSA. Right. He's going to be or Firestorm for that matter. He's a player yeah. now. He's a player. He's he, a player. He, you know, he's got just, stock. The group has just do, dubbed you a player. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a name like Keith Champagne. Champagne oh, absolutely. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, and, and, and this isn't, you know, th- th- you're going to roll from this into another, into another couple projects. Now, I, um, yeah, I, think, I mean, I, I can't say what I'm doing after this. 
or he'll have to kill us. But right. I have, you know, my 2007 as a writer is through the whole year. Yeah. Okay. And you, because what don't you have? A, there's a isn't there a short story coming up that you can talk about? Yeah, I did a 12 page Toothpaste story. Uh, it's uh, that kind of year one era of that. Yeah, so you were, oh, oh, back in the year one. It's not, yeah. I thought maybe, you know, explaining what I think 52 has not done is really shown us that Harvey Dent crime oh, fighter. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Because actually, I forgot to mention that, I, you know, Harvey Dent also, I World War III. Oh, you get to talk about him. Well, excellent. Yeah. Good. Sure. Yeah, because it's been the thing that I, I felt like I really wanted to see that explored and hasn't yet, so... And then, uh, and then your your dance card is full for the next year. Yeah, my phone's been ringing quite a bit. Uh, he got out, but I was so who's he want? What, what character was, does he really want to take care of? Okay, yeah. Which character do you really want to take care of that perhaps you have not gotten to, or if you had your dream assignment within the DC universe? Um, Standard question. That's a good question. There's a couple of things that I really want to do. Uh, one of them is man. At the time of the 75th anniversary, coming up in about seven years. And that actually was uh, one of the big reasons I got into comics. I remember being a senior in high school and reading Time Magazine, and it had the John Byrne Korean cover. It was Superman's 50th anniversary you know, big, you know, celebration. Yeah. And, everything. and I remember thinking to myself, you know, when, when Superman turns 75, I'm going to be that guy. And that's always been in the back of my head as a miracle that I'm working. I'm desperately trying to do the math in my head. We're 2013. Is yeah, that? It'll probably, it'll probably well, 80 years. 50th anniversary, so 25 years. 2013. Okay, good. When the Mayans say the Earth is going to end, so okay. <laughs> then uh, <laughs> apparently Keith Champagne will this. get to write one story before the apocalypse. All right, good, good. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's something that uh, at that point in time I want to be the guy. I'm really, you know, my character, I have a big story in my head for him, I'm it, and hopefully the timing will work out that I can do it then. That, that would be very cool. And in terms of just regular, you know, uh, assignments, I love the Legion. Love to do what? The Legion? I love the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, well, you did that, that great one-shot in the last version of them, the, uh, you dealt with the Cordians. Yes. And yeah, that, was a while, that was a while ago now, you know, and that was my, my big writing debut, which came and went, no one noticed. Nobody noticed? I didn't notice. Well, well you know, because, I mean, sadly, you were you wrote that, that one shot appeared like two issues before they canceled it, right? Yeah, it's the champagne timing that we got going on there. Yeah, so, you know, but it was it was a good story. I think that obviously made, you know, some people that pay attention to the writers uh, <laughs> you notice that you, you had some interesting stuff to, to tell. So... The the you know question then we have is and it's all been DC work. Would you jump over or is it crossing the street over to Marvel? I would say anything possible. I've had I talked to people at Marvel. Is he going to still keep doing Xena? It, well, yeah, you got that Xena one shot. Do you have any more Xena? Because no, 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 that was just no, the no, <laughs> just the Christmas or the winter special. All right. Tell him we loved his wrestling. Uh, I, don't want to, I, I can't really. I'm not sure. But it wasn't Okay, okay. And uh, and Lon here is actually wishing you'd do more wrestling coverage for us. Yes. Because he I really like enjoyed that, that guest column you did a couple months ago. Standing back. in for Garcia. Yeah, you know, I'm much more into MMA now than I am wrestling. Ooh. Pride fighting? Pride fighting. But I knew that. And if I could figure out a way to, you know, get you in on that, then I'd, I'd, I'd have you doing that. But Yeah, he's not busy enough. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. Dang it. Now you're busy. 
<laughs> should have locked you in a you know for a slave contract. You know. When, when, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything. All right. Well, we. My friends are too much in. Guys, great. Well, thanks. When I can return the favor. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, so, if you went over to Marvel, this is the question we've been trying to figure out for the last couple of weeks. How would you fix Civil War? Um, I haven't read it. I mean, I read the first issue. That's probably the best answer you That's could give. That's a nice, nice, safe <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the true answer, too. I, I don't really buy Marvel. I don't get them for free. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did get the first one because I picked it up on three comics and came out. Bust stuff. And it seemed okay to me at that point. I guess it's. People don't like it. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of ridden off the rails. It's very divisive right now. Uh, hmm. You know, rumors are that they're going to kill Captain America and uh, put somebody else in in Iron Man's suit, and I mean, many things that we've said. It's it's hard to find a lot of characters likable when all they were trying to do was just sort of uh, create booster that. gold in the Iron Man suit. Uh, <laughs> booster gold is going to be in the Iron Man suit. It's it's weird, and shh, don't tell your your guys at DC because Marvel hasn't uh, brokered that deal yet. Uh, so. Uh, but okay, so you're not buying Marvel. But what books in your in the books you get for free from DC? What books do you look forward to most? Uh, what do I read? I read Ex Machina. Did yeah. I say that? Yes. Ex Machina. Yes. We believe by consensus we're agreeing. We may all be wrong, but we're agreeing with it. English major. Because uh, it's Latin. Why the last? No, why the last man? So Vertigo so, stuff. So he reads yeah. the same stuff I read. Do you read Hellblazer? <laughs> No, you know, I, I kind of, I go off and on with Hellblazer. I read it once in a while, and then I, I won't read it for a few months. The, the new writer's really good right now. Denise Minna, is that, yeah. No, I'll check it out. Well, you've, you've made a convert, Andy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's probably about ten books. I mean, I, I think I flip through everything to kind of get an idea what's going on. But the stuff I actually read is maybe like ten books. Okay. So, now, I... I know we're not getting you out on the West Coast for, for WonderCon, because I've, I've asked you that before. And, but uh, are we going to see you uh, at the D.C. booth at Comic-Con? I should be at Comic-Con, guys. I think we do every other year. Okay. So I'm, kind of, I'm trying to plan out logistically to bring my wife and my son with me. But I'm not sure how that's going to work out with having to do stuff at the con and then them being popping around the city. I'll get jealous of them for having fun. I'll get mad at me because I'm busy and yeah. tell them it's hard to push a stroller on the floor. It is, it is yeah, impossible no, to push a stroller on the floor. Andy, I just it just hit me. He, he, he the books he reads, he sounds like he's more of a you know he, a he reading guy. Why the Last Man. Yeah. Um, does he have those type of stories in him? Is he does he got something for like a Vertigo kind of title? Does that he have he's, stories he wants to tell himself? There we go. Where's the Vertigo pitch it's from you? Um, in his drawer. I pitched on, I had Tommy English on a few years ago. It got no traction whatsoever because I was nobody. I mean, I'm not that I'm anybody now, but I was really... Oh, you are. And, uh, it's something that, and then John Romita Jr. came out with a book called The Gray Area. Gray zone, I yeah, I think it's The Gray Area, yeah. It's very similar in, in uh, content to what I want to do. That's never going to happen. Okay. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of... I like to think I could come up with a good vertical idea. Eventually, I don't know. I like to hear stuff, but there's more than one story. No, it's not actually tiring. It's be a garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it get cold picking up garbage in Connecticut? It does. Actually, I worked my way through Cuba school as a garbage man, and it was the worst job of my life. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the job done, though.
Yeah, so there we go. All Keep right. Keep them streets clean for three years. <laughs> I got one Keeping more. Keeping the streets You're clean. You're a true hero. That's, you are that's, a true hero. That's the bad thing. One, one more comment I have. Just yes. yeah, it sounds like we're getting ready to wrap it up. I think probably. Um, really enjoying his Green Lantern Corps storyline. Oh, thanks, man. Um, my understanding, they eat their rings. They don't yeah, have any. It's not, it's not necessarily a ring. It's sort of a power gift. A Super Mario Brothers power mushroom, perhaps? Much, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Power yeah. Okay. Very video game. So, but it is cool. And any, any, uh, are you getting any feedback from higher up on that one? That's a good, you know, that's a good question because I know, you know, you're certainly laying the groundwork to have the corpse come back. Yeah, it, we definitely, we've definitely talked about that at the time. Now I think it's just going to find the time to do it this year. Uh, but in terms of feedback, I mean, the Green Lantern Four stuff is what led to World War Three. Let's see. I'm not a Guy Gardner fan. Hey, look, you're the guy that can do this. Okay. Let's see. I'm not a Guy Gardner fan, but I, you know, I felt that Howard Chaykin is the guy that draws Guy Gardner the best. But I'm getting the best characterization in the Green Lantern Corps of Guy Gardner. I'm really feeling. I don't know. He just seems a lot more real to me in this. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So. No, I'm not a Guy Gardner fan either. I never liked the guy. I always thought he was kind of a dick. And uh, but after I wrote him, I really liked him. I loved the character. Just kind of put him in a room and he writes himself. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I also like the way you said it, which I think is different from the way Howard Chaykin just did it with collateral damage. Of that Guy Gardner is like Captain America, and he hides how much he cares by being an asshole. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way I look at a lot of the. Kind of how I am. <laughs> well, no, this, this, there's no, definitely no, something. I, I definitely think, but that's how I interpret his character. Is that he just doesn't want people to see the soft side of him. He yes. covers it up. It doesn't mean he's a dick. He has a lot of love. I mean, Batman's the same way. Batman's all about love. Love everybody so much. <laughs> but Guy you Gardner and Batman in. Love back Gotham. Okay. But, uh, no, you can you can really see the two layers. I, I mean, I really get that there's another layer under Guy Gardner as I'm reading this stuff. And for me, that made him more real than just the straight asshole. Uh, well, good. Well, if you make it out to con, and it sounds like you will, uh, with or without family in tow, we'll you know we'll buy a drink and and thank you so much for being our guinea pig on this first call in interview. Very excited. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, going local rock. Thank oh, you. Excellent. Thank you. That's Can what you I need. say that again? We tell you, you know, because I would say at this point our sales could not be worse if George W. Bush came up and said, uh, I, I would like the Senate to approve uh, dropping issues of Tony Loco on Iraq. I, it wouldn't be, you know, so good. I don't think the Iraqis would get it. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a lot of Americans. All right, so <laughs> thank you, Keith. And I mean, you've been through that. You had the independent book with uh, Armor X. Yeah. And so you've been through that, and I think Armor X is probably a good deal more successful right now. You know, it's just kind of because Tony Loco seems to be way out, out of nowhere for people, and it's weird. You guys will really pick up after the con. That's yeah, what we're hoping. I think you get the exposure for that book. different. Yeah. Sometimes different in theory for people. They don't want to try you want to get permission to use that Tony Loco Rocks? Uh, uh, oh yeah, that'll be on the that'll, that'll be on the on a, on a back cover or a website. Tony Loco Rocks, Keith Champagne, absolutely.
And Keith Champagne rocks, and we're looking forward to the things that are coming. Champagne dreams and caviar wishes. Wishes, something like that. (laughs) We're looking forward to what's coming up in the next year. I'm really looking forward to World War III and and the Two-Face story and whatever else may be coming. And, you know, we're following the career, and it's really exciting to, you know, have you as a a reader and occasional contributor and all that. And it's like, suddenly, you know, hey, it's Keith. (laughs) So it's awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. I'll try to let you down. (laughs) All right, man. So... Is done? Good. Then right. keep us saying good night. Thanks so much. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All hey, right. Thanks for coming. Good night. Bye bye. And we're back once again. Thank you to Keith Champagne for calling in. It's uh, absolutely a classy guy. A classy guy. Kind of like Champagne. Great to be able to talk talk to him. And uh, it's really cool. Hope that's the first of many interviews we get here, which would be really nice. Uh, so, as we're coming back here, Rick pointed out to me something he found out, and it's been on the internet for a while, but I think now that in the Chris, post-Christmas uh, doldrums, people have time to realize this, and I don't know how, how many people are actually re- responding to this, but the Superman Ultimate Collector's Edition and the Christopher Reeve box set, right. which I bought, uh, have flaws, uh-huh. which Warner Brothers has put a recall out. So explain this one, Rick. Well, apparently it's the Dolby encoding on them, and they they have multiple encodings for Dolby. The older ones were Dolby 2.0, and that's what you want for an older, non-surround sound stereo system that has Dolby on it. They are missing that encoding. They have 5.1, but they do not have the Dolby 2.0. So Warner Brothers is actually doing a recall on this. where For Superman the movie. For Superman the movie, the Ultimate Collector's Edition, or the Special Edition 4-disc set, the Christopher Reeves right, collection. It's in the Christopher Reeves collection. Notice yeah. they're not recalling Superman 3 or 4. Which uh, no, that's where well, you're wrong. There's a problem on Superman 3, too. Yeah, there's there? several discs that are... Uh, oh, well, I was just making a joke about how crappy they were. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, They've discovered that... Uh, that uh, The movie was crappy yeah. and we deserve our money back. Uh, yeah. you know, man, you know, you watch even the trailer on that. I watched the trailer for Superman 3. I haven't sat through the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Rick Brettschneider thing when I have spare time and go through that entire set and be obsessive. Yeah. I don't know when that time will come, but it will. And I also have trouble getting my hands clean. Keep washing. Dirty. It's <laughs> dirty. Yeah. So the uh, the thing is, if you have one of these, you can call 1-800-553-6937. And what they're going to do is they're going to send out a prepaid envelope, mm-hmm. and you put the your discs into the envelope, send it back to them, and they'll send you out brand new discs. Kind of like Netflix. Hey. Yeah. Now, the other question I have, uh, let's, let's be realistic about this. Kind of, so the Superman 3... Uh, whatever, there's inadvertently, there's supposed to be some bonus material that's left off that they, is that what the problem is with that disc? They don't actually say that in the uh, in the uh, letter. The discs okay. are not defective. They're missing the sound encoding, apparently. Okay. So, and realistically, you said that now you want, uh, is the average person going to figure out, say, in a non-surround sound, if you're listening to the 5.1, on a non-surround sound system, how bad is that? Well, it depends on the sound system. Some of them won't play that, so it's just gonna. I'm you're not gonna to get the Dolby uh, Dolby I'm noise reduction. I'm gonna have to test this. I'm yeah, to test this and yeah. find out. I mean, you may have one that you can select your Dolby on, or the, usually I mean, a lot of them nowadays have an auto select for this. I think that's. Yeah. You know, I think that's the way the disc went. I and I, I don't know. I have the speakers hanging up around my room, uh, my living room. But after the birth of our first child, they got disconnected, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for like 
an excuse used to plug them back in. I can't. Uh, you can't. Do I it can't reveal we... this plan in the podcast because my wife. But if she goes away for the weekend with the kids, my brother's coming down. We're rewiring that sucker. <laughs> Just take uh, take it down. Take it, take the drywall off the wall and run the wires behind it. That's what you want to do. It. That's what a man would do. Mm. Oh, oh, is that what we're gonna play now? Yeah. <laughs> my take on this is. This is what they're telling me is wrong with these discs. I don't really know what's wrong with it. They're going to replace them. I'm going to take them up on it. I'm going to watch them first, and then I'm going to do it. Okay. So. Okay. Well, it's interesting and a good consumer alert, and that's our PSA for the week. You know what I would do for fun is throw an extra one in there, maybe like a dirty one. <laughs> Just see what happens. Send them back. Wonderland, for who, example. Who would be on that dirty one, Lon? John Holmes. That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. Silver Surfer. Uh, no. John Holmes Blazer. as the Silver Surfer. Wrong company. <laughs> Two, uh, this week, how many of you guys watch Heroes? Uh-huh. All the hands uh, going got up. Got it. I, I it's, it's a great, yeah. great effect Andy for radio. Back. Andy comes back in, and then we go, boom, Heroes. Andy's gone. And <laughs> Was that not great? That was fantastic. That was a fantastic episode. Oh, you meant the episode? Episode is You know what? I thought the episode was all right. My brother, however, who is not a fanboy but likes heroes, he's one of those people who have jumped on, Uh uh, was kind of upset. He was what like, really? he was, was like, here we are. We had to wait all this time. We're still, we don't know nothing, you know. And he was very kind we of. You don't know nothing. Is well, he illiterate? He's kind of a caveman. But anyways, um, he was like, unga bunga. No, um, but he's got insurance from Geico. But essentially, um, he was just a little ups- not upset, but just I, I think frustrated as a casual viewer. Um, but I, think, I, th- I, I thought overall they, it was a decent episode. I think they had to do a couple things in this episode. They had been gone for so long right, that they had to kind of reestablish everybody. It's written with the rhythms of a Walker, Texas Ranger episode. I just reached that conclusion this week. That I, well, I married into a family that watches a lot of Walker. There we go. I'm and uh, my father-in-law loves Chuck Norris, and I'm not going to get on it. Because there's something just magical about Chuck. Back Norris. There's something magical about Chuck. So I, I watch them like USA Network uh, repeats and stuff. And what I've decided about Heroes is that it's it's the plot that has me coming back. The script, not so much, because you've got characters that have to keep restating what's going on yeah. so that the casual viewer, and this is the thing, like, and this is why compared to Walker, Texas Ranger, because that's the first time I ever saw and realized that that's the thing that they do for TV shows. If you haven't watched the first 15 minutes and you come back from a commercial break, there's something somewhere that's going to re-explain what happened in those 15 minutes so you're not sitting there talking to everybody else going, what happened, what happened, what happened? I don't know if that technique's necessary anymore, but maybe that's, you know, because I have the DVR, and is that is it just the pretentiousness of, oh, we've got the DVR, so if I miss something, I can rewind. But it's a, kind of an old-school kind of structure where they're constantly reminding people of plot points. Well, they redid, I mean, Claire lost her memory, right? So they have to redo. No, uh, no, no Claire didn't no. lose her memory. No, right, right, right. She didn't lose her memory, friend, but, did. but her friend did. Josh. So she had to redo the falling off the. I actually uh, thought that was a really sweet kind it of was, thing yeah. that because she, that actually that gives the geek hope. He got the cheerleader. Well, yeah. it's not even that. It's because it bag the cheerleader, bag the world. No, I. <laughs> I like the fact that it. That sorry, it's you and your John Holmes. I can't help myself. Go ahead. No, but I, I, I don't think that necessarily is a retread of the story. No. Because in a sense, that's more character development of Claire yes, showing yes. that she's becoming less shallow and more of a quote-unquote hero yeah. yes. and learning about who she really is. So I thought that was really, that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. My was, favorite part of the whole thing was where, where Hero yes. sees Flying, flying Man! man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. I was like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Keep it on the down, though. Frying Man. Frying man. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, see, I, I think that's cute and that's funny, but I mean, is he is he just meant to be the comic relief? Is that no? No, he's just totally sincere. He I is, think that's the thing. Hero's popularity, and he is the most popular character. Right, everybody, I mean, NBC's him. putting on. He's going to be on Studio sixty next week. Yeah, hosting Studio sixty, and the show within his show, and it gets so meta and confusing. But uh, you know, I think the reason is because of all those characters, he is the one who epitomizes who, who he just is so happy to have the powers everyone else sees them as a curse clearly clearly i mean peter petrelli might be okay with it that he's got powers but man is that guy carrying the weight of the world yeah. whereas hero's like i get a sword i you know i'm gonna come back with a i'm gonna look cool that's I my mean, destiny <laughs> it's my destiny it's 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 awesome yeah. and that's how we thought we are driving that car it is parked up that <laughs> we would like yeah it's like that's who we'd like to think we'd be and not yeah. see so he's occurs. kind of the fanboy become hero. Oh, yeah. I think he really okay. is. But I think that's how anybody watching would like to feel. It's like, you know, that they don't want to see the be brooding about it. Well, there's the grim and gritty side. I love I, I did like the prison scenes. I love the bit where she grabs the, the grabs the, the <laughs> Rick, stick uh, and for breaks the, it. For the record, Rick liked the women's women prison in prison scenes. scenes yeah. <laughs> there's a theme going on in this. I cast. don't know. It's wrong. So let's move on. And we wait, get wait, Andy before back. though, but, but while we get the the prison thing real fast, I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, your days I don't. Prison? I just I think her the Ali Larder character storyline yeah. is the most out. uninteresting. Yeah, like, I, I, it's stalling out because there's I, I don't feel like. There's it's any not good, involved. Good it's way like to a... go. If they if they can't at some point start showing us that Jessica's anything other than sociopathic, I can't yeah. I can't but, but you see when she was And I had the highest hopes because I really like Allie Larder as an actress. I really had high hopes. But now, now which just... one's which one's the psycho and which one's the normal Jessica's one? the psycho. Jessica's the psycho, but she was the other one when she broke the club. Yes. I think. They're so merging. They're, so they're merging. But was yeah. she, or did she just switch back? No, I'm no, sure no, she, she was because the look of surprise as she was doing it was clearly yeah. meant to imply that she is. That it was the other, the, the main, the living sister. Yeah. If we buy into that, Jessica is the dead sister, sort of a Mister America. I think it's the DC character that did that. Is it? Uh, someone was possessed by the ghost of their dead brother, uh, Captain. Yeah, maybe Captain know. Triumph. He's in the uh, the James Robinson Golden Age. And it's not to rip on the writers, because yeah. the guy, Tim Kring, who created this, has said, look, the truth of the matter is, any superpower you assign, there's at least five characters that have it in comics already. Yeah, but I just think that for a show, when you're trying to you tout your writing and stuff, and then you have your one character pull it like a, you know, uh, uh, you know, which basically looks phony anyway, just the whole, I'm crazy, one second, then turn her head and go... No, don't listen to her. I'm no, not I crazy. That was, I thought that was that was a nice meaty thing for yeah, actors to be able to do. I and thought that was. Well. I thought, you know, that's a chick doing that so she doesn't have to give you her number at a bar or something. You know what I mean? I, I thought that was that's parlor tricks. You need you know to stay I mean? away from those women. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm like, Lon. Again, you're having a weird social life. <laughs> Never go to bed with we're anyone not gonna, crazier we're not, than I'm yourself. I'm just saying. That, we're not going to work that out for you tonight. <laughs> uh, we'll have nachos afterwards to talk about. Okay, it. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but. Back to women's prison. Uh, no, dude. <laughs> we had a new feature here, a semi a semi weekly feature called our Wonder Woman of the Week, because Rick has sent o- Rick sent over to me a a rumored potential Wonder Woman, and even reading the article, it's like even she knows she's not really, but but it's I, is there any role right now in Hollywood more hotly contested and nobody's auditioning anybody than Wonder Woman? Everybody wants to be Wonder Woman. I don't. Well, I you know okay. I, I I exaggerated that yeah, was hyperbole, okay. but every every brunette actress in Hollywood 
under the age of, I'd say, 40, 40 wants yeah. to be wants to be Wonder Woman. This week's c- contender, Go ahead, Miss... Nick. I like saying her name. You say her Kobe name. Kobe Smulders. Yeah. It's Colby, right? No, Col- it's Kobe. Kobe. Kobe? Like Kobe Bryant, only it's oh. spelled differently. C-O-B-I-E-S-M-U-L-D-E-R-S. Hmm. There's, thing, there's a thing in Smulders. Hollywood where you can't have the name of anyone else who's ever been an actor or actress. You're, you're not allowed That's to. That's the Screen no, Actors Guild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so, yes. so they're running out of names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. It, it, it's, yes. uh, my name is Fred Astaire with a four. Well, it's like, uh, this is why Michael J. Fox is Michael J. Fox, actually, because it was already Michael Fox. Michael Fox, yeah. And his middle initial is actually A, but he had to change to J because he didn't want to be Michael A. A Fox. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, it was the 80s. Kind of like John Cougar Mellencamp. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. There's not a lot of John John Cougars vying for acting roles, though. He was okay with that one. Uh, But Kobe Smulders, she's on How I Met Your Mother, which does have a geek tie-in because... uh, Willow, her there. real actress, the yeah. actress Allison Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan is is on that, and Doogie Howser, poor guy, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick is, Harris uh, playing the biggest womanizer in the world. Which I think, in, back it's, to my brokeback mountain thing. Well, thank God, you know that he's an actor. He's an actor, yeah. and it yeah. doesn't make a damn bit of difference. And no. it thinks, and the only thing I have a problem with, like brokeback mountain, is how controversial it was. That oh my gosh, you made. Two gay guys, human, and oh, but they had yeah. to be so. You know, it's like the guy that played on Will and Grace, Eric McCormick. Had to make sure, you know, it was subtle, but Eric McCormick and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. He he plays a gay guy. <laughs> you know, but, I'm an actor and I'm an actor. So good thing, you know, it's getting reversed. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris out there, and on a, so a wait, show he's up for Wonder Woman. He, Neil Patrick Harris is up for wow, Wonder Woman. Wow, he no, he's really strong. He's, actor. he's actually a brunette. He's actually Kobe Smulders, this week's Wonder Woman of the Week. Now, some of these things we've is she interviewed hot? on Sci Fi. She's, 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 she's very Actually, nice. I looked at the picture I thought, you know, I could buy that. Is she totally she's smoldering. Like a, she's like an eight. She's smoldering. She's an eight on the Wonder Woman scale. Okay. And, I, and, I, and uh, who did, Andy, you said you had a, who you thought Wonder Woman should be? I, I like tomorrow. Uh, the girl from Firefly. Firefly. From Firefly. Right, right, right. She's, she's, she's a 9.5. Okay. Yeah, I think she's, you know, the thing is. Regardless of the Linda, Linda Carter, regardless of how Wonder Woman is drawn, for some reason she should look Greek. Her skin yes. color should be right. olive-ish. Um, uh, let me get that. There we go. Unplug it. Never plan it. There we go. Awesome. So yeah, I'm in agreement with Andy on that. That it, it, it's, uh, no, it's not. Nobody, she's she's my choice too. As nobody far as wants to accept. Well, the ethnicity, and everybody kind of forgets that. And there's one thing I've, uh, I liked about what uh, George Perez started. Phil Jimenez brought back when he did uh, when he did his two year run on the book uh, was that idea that you know there's she's a, Greek. there's Greek heritage. Yeah. There's something to that that needs to be made. Nobody thinks about that. You know, nobody has a problem with that in Electra for some reason. But but Wonder Woman, people want to forget that Diana is she's a Greek and an American flag. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. It comes up, peanuts. So why is it? Why is your last name Prince and not like Prince Thanopolis or something like that? You know, uh, because it was it was Princess Diana and she reversed it. Oh, I see. Secret identity. I was gonna say, tell. give her a real Greek it's last not name. It's her real oh. name. Get that chick from. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I tried to. I had to explain the origin of Wonder Woman to my daughter this weekend. It just was. She's Clay, and where are the men? Well, <laughs> and they live forever. They don't. What? Read <laughs> you know? Just tell her they're mythical creatures. Is there an island of men? No. <laughs> they don't like men. 
Uh, it's just like you're not allowed to for a while. You know? <laughs> you're my little Amazon. That's right. You know, we made you out of clay as well. The stork brought you, carried the clay, and we brought you to life. Uh, so Hooray. Uh, there we go. So that's why there's no there's no last names. Nobody has last names on Themyscira. It's all just you know, Artemis. Hey. Yeah. Diana. Hey. <laughs> Polita. So what if somebody wants to be name their kid Diana? Then they. Wait, wasn't... Oh, no, no, no. There are no kids. Wonder Woman is the only child they've had. Oh. They all came to Themyscira as adults, and then it was Hippolyta wanted So a it's child. like an island full of fully developed, immortal. grown, immortal, women. hot women? Yes. Yeah. They're not nice. all hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Name me one that isn't. The Fates. Etta Candy doesn't count. She wasn't actually Etta. an Amazon. The Fates. All right. Oh, okay. You got me. I don't think they count as Amazons. Well, there's the one that they use to do the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Isis. <laughs> Her name is Ola. Kalgana. <laughs> oh, oh, it's great. Moving right along. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, other DC uh, multimedia news. They it is called a rumbus. It is... <laughs> <laughs> That's the only Greek thing I could come up with. Call a rumbus. It took me a long, long time. Are you time. kidding? Everybody likes rumbus's room. <laughs> okay. Uh, another multimedia spinoff. It is rumored this week that uh, as a result of last week's episode of Smallville, in which the Justice League officially formed, and they had Aquaman, Green I, Arrow. I missed it. Did they call themselves the Justice League? I do not know. I have not okay. watched it yet They said the either. League. I don't think they ever said the okay. Justice League. They're forming League. a league. I think. And I, it's been a joke that they said when The Flash appeared a couple of years ago, he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to find others like me. Maybe form a league. Junior lifeguards. Maybe form a just, oh, Aquaman said that. The JLA. We should be the Junior Lifeguards of America. Yeah. Our Junior Lifeguards Association. You know. So they choked around, and they finally did it last week. I don't watch Smallville. I watched this episode. Did you? And... I'm not going to watch any more Smallville. <laughs> it was it was horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And from a fanboy point of view, I don't. Un how can Bart Allen be? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, because he's the Flash now. Because they're tying it into the, the current how, how property. Can, how can Lois Lane know Clark Kent before he goes to Metropolis? How can the Justice League form before well, that he hurts. goes Superman? It's an alternate universe. It's an alternate. Take. No, I just I, I my fanboyness. I could not watch it because it didn't fit continuity so badly. I could not watch it. I well, watch but then, but you yeah. have the same problem See, with the you, Superman you, movies now, right? I mean, where he's got a son essentially left by. Brian I couldn't Singer. watch. Here's, here's the, the problem. Yeah, thanks. I Over seen that uh, how many seasons? It's been going on for like six seasons. Well, it's not like it was six or seven well, months ago. It, it's been going on for like six seasons. This is right? the sixth season. Yes. So. They've eased us into all these things a little bit at a time. Over, and I've watched like the last season or so, but uh, a little bit at a time. You got it all at once. Right, all true. The, all and wouldn't it make more sense if the guy who's playing Superboy in Smallville played Superman? Yeah, but that's a that's an issue yeah. for another time. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, I just didn't like it because the guy was, you're, not, you're not ready to discuss it. That was no, it was a very controversial. Stolen a non-disclosure. Uh, no, it was a, it was very controversial, and Brian Singer did kind of mess with people's heads where they had at one point claimed that he was he, they were oh. talking about it and. He, like, Brian Singer visited the set of Smallville. He sat down in conference with uh, Goff and Miller. And, you know, so at one point before he announced Brandon Routh, uh, it was like we were, it was kind of that hope that he was dangling that maybe they were going to cancel Smallville. And it, which would have been, you know, I suppose somewhat sad because a good cash cow for, w, for, for Warner Brothers and now the CW. 
But uh, I think it makes a better uh, extension of the trilogy of Superman movies, if you ignore the non-trilogy movies, uh, with the actor they went with for Returns. He looks much more like Chris Reeves. And I mean, you know, but then we go. I think uh, Lon and I've talked about this, but isn't did we want a continuation of a 1978 envisioning, or do we, or do we? It's need, what you got. It's what we got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and literal, and, and poor Brandon Routh. I mean, there it is. It's like, well, he's. He's Christopher Reeve, but he's not really Christopher yeah. Reeve. Whereas on Smallville, Christopher Reeve did appear and did pass the torch and right. officially did say that. This is this is the new Superman. This is the guy. And, you know, so it had kind of, and, and that's another thing, too. For some hardcore fans, it's like, well, Christopher Reeve said so. And, you know, because if ever there's an actor who's been confused with the role that he was, you know, the iconic, there it is. And so Brendan Routh, by being Christopher Reeve, didn't have a chance. I think he's probably a really good actor. <laughs> Not giving much of a chance to do it. Tom Welling, he's grown on me over the years. He seems to be into it in a way that he wasn't when he was first on that when that series first started. Yeah. And uh, you know, and exactly, I've grown into it. So I haven't watched the Justice League episode, but I've seen all those characters. Except I haven't even seen anything with Green Arrow yet. But oh, the Green Arrow stuff was terrible. But a as a result, actor. though, they are talking about clearing the rights to see if they could do a Justice League pilot because. What has happened, as has happened every time they've put in a high-profile guest star, guest character, I shouldn't say guest star, guest character like that, the ratings shoot up. The Aquaman episode, which I don't like that guy playing Aquaman. It was a bad episode. Sorry, that highest-rated episode of Smallville. Yeah, and I watched it because... And that's why they did a pilot with the guy now playing uh, Green Arrow called Mercy Reef. <coughs> and didn't make the CWWB merge you know, or the UPNWB merge. Andy has a question. Power is active. Andy, yes. you in the front row. This is a question that maybe you guys might be able to answer. So I've <laughs> been reading. I was reading something, an article on the Justice League, mm-hmm. and they said there wasn't a lot of shipper moments. And oh, oh, that not, was that you were reading the small. You were reading the Family Planet review. Maybe that's Ron what Talbot. I was reading. And Ron so the, thing is, the first time I've I heard that term. Was when I was um, when, Far- when Farscape was on, and I just said, "Oh, that must mean that they're on it's the ship." Sh- it's short for relationship. So because the uh. WB and the UPN were both shows, were both <laughs> networks that were creating. Basically, they're trying to get the teen audience, and the teen audience that our comic book readers are into is their romance. That's why Lois is there to create romantic tension. So th- this term has been around for a while, then. Yes. Okay. So I see. I just thought it was something. When I read it, I thought it was something you from it was Farscape. Farscape said, on the oh. ship. I said, what? It's a common fandom yeah. term. I thought it was, yeah, I thought You're it was Farscape shipper. because they were on the ship. And, and I, I don't know where it the started. The romance usually happened on the ship. I, so that's <laughs> our vocabulary lesson for today. Uh, it, it, I don't know when exactly it started. The first time I encountered it was reading about uh, X-Files. There yeah. were shippers that wanted Mulder and Scully to get together, and those that didn't. And so, you know, that's are you a conspiracist or are you a shipper? And that's that's it. Just like slash fiction, I I just learned last last year that that was a Star Trek that originated with Star Trek fanfic. Oh yeah, and I didn't know that. I was like, why do they call it slash? But anyway, so thank I'll, you. Yeah, there you go. So it's a very common term, and there. <laughs> so now you know. There, and, and, and you know the what? More you know, I'm, I'm sort of wondering powerful. if now I really needed to know. You well, kind of feel dirty, don't you? But you know, the, and that's the thing. I, it's, 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 it's like I'm not even interested. in But it. it's a question about uh, you know. But this is the balance we. That we try. 
I have to figure out when we do when I edit articles when I do this is like how much is too inside? Is it a slang term that nobody knows? Yeah. In the previous week's article, Ron Talbot, and thank you, Ron, because one, I know you listen, and again, I gotta stress, I'm so grateful you stepped back up to re- to review Smallville because we needed to. Is that three episodes? Three listeners now? Uh, at least three, at least three. I'm not counting your mom. Whoever's telling telling you that that you're the best part. Unless it's a voice in your head. Yeah, it's a voice in my head. Okay, that's what I thought. Dang it. Okay, so we are back down to three listeners. But, uh, and Keith. Uh, you know, so, um, but Ron mentioned, relate, said relationship first yeah. and then, you know, put it down. And so I just don't know. I never know if it's a slang term. This is part of the balance. As you guys like, as much as Chris Garcia's uh, rev- uh, Balls Kind of Anywhere amused me today, the whole thing about going off and cooking a steak and it was still better than a... Something, uh, something match. Uh, but I, I always I haven't, haven't read the new one yet. I uh, I, but I always worry: is it like, is it too inside? I, you know, because I want to strike that balance where somebody comes in and gets and gets, you know, might people, be a crossover. People appreciate inside when they get it themselves, and you know, like Andy was just confused and mapped it to something else, and his life went on. All right. Yeah, you know, the thing is, though, I knew exactly what it meant. Ah. But for the wrong, you were right for all the wrong reasons. I was right for there all the wrong go. reasons. <laughs> There were 27 wrong reasons, and I was right for all of them. <laughs> 27. Wow. You spent so much time being wrong or worried about why you're wrong. Anyway, and that's it. I'm neurotic. You got you got all next week to work that out because we are done with topics tonight. And uh, so if you have Shoot. something you want to talk about, you have a Wonder Woman uh, nominee, a nominee for Wonder Woman of the Week. If you uh, are a Wonder Woman. If you are a Wonder Woman. Send pictures to <laughs> editor at fanboyplanet.com. Okay. Or lawn at moronlife.com. Yeah, don't send them to me, man. I'll, I'll get to see them, though. So. Uh, <laughs> Rick will print them out. And uh, so there you go. That's editor at fanboyplanet.com. Join the forums. Talk, uh, let's talk them up. You know, which superhero would you go gay for? That's the <laughs> hot topic of the week. Is it really? Uh, no, that's not something. No, I started hottest super babe, but hottest super nobody babe. replied. Either way, it's sexist and wrong. Uh, how about elevating the discourse? You people that are listening, you must do that for us. And uh, so that's it. Uh, no, that's not it. No? Um, we'd like to thank uh, Keith Champagne for calling in. Well, we're definitely. Um, read his uh, Green Lantern Corps. Green Lantern Corps right 7, now. 8, and 9 right now. We're looking forward, forward to, to World, World War III. Three. Thank uh, you, Week Keith. 50 of 52. You always and have to thank the guests. I, I've done it a, several times. What did you do at the end? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Don't scold. Just advice. <laughs> I'm not scolding. Was I scolding? Yeah, you always seem like that, and it's just—it's just doubly. Yeah, it's part of my neurotic. It's doubly humiliating coming from you. Well, yeah. then let's just end with the catchphrase, then, okay? Well. <laughs> All right. So it's Derek, Andy, Rick, and it's like the monkeys—the monkeys of podcasting. Derek, Andy, Rick, here we oh, come. Who am I? Peter Tork. You're, you're totally <laughs> Peter. Peter, because he's the oh, place. Dude, I am one. so not Peter. You are so Peter. <laughs> you're Peter. Uh, I'm, I'm Davy Jones. I mean, to be fair, you're less talented. So. There we go. And uh, we have a special guest to deliver our catchphrase this week. So until now, I'm Derek McCaw, but I'm going to leave it to Iron Man. I'd like to remind everyone listening to use your powers only for good. Thank you. And we'd like to thank the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. You can participate, you just have to move over. You just have to be on another mic.
You, your headphones will still work, and you just have and you just have to. That's him. Hello. Uh, hi. Keith Champagne. It's Rosebud. <laughs> it's Rosebud. All right, hey, or fifty-two. Either way. <laughs>